Hey friends, I'm Becky Davidson. Welcome to the Rising Above Ministries podcast, where we share stories of hope, inspiration, and encouragement from special needs families from around the world. My guest today on the podcast is Patty Roadarmer, and Patty has been married to her husband for 32 years. They have three children, and her youngest, Benjamin, is 23, and he has autism. Patty is a big believer in the importance of community, not only for parents raising children with special needs, but also for our friends with special needs. And Patty's church was one of our host sites for our By the Brook event that took place this past weekend. So we're so grateful for them and their heart for families impacted by disability. So here's the conversation that I had with Patty Roadarmer. Hey, Patty, thank you so much for joining us on the podcast today. I'm excited to meet you. This is the first time we've met, so I'm excited to get to have this conversation with you and learn more about you and your journey as a special needs mom. Thank you. It's good to be here, and I look forward to sharing my life with you. Well, tell us a little bit. This is the first time we've met, so tell us a little bit about you and where you live and who's in your family. All right. So we live in Carroll Stream, Illinois. And we moved here in 2000. Um, We used to live in Kentucky. That's where all of our children were born. And um, we moved up here because of my husband's job. Um, He was working at Kentucky State University and then uh, changed to work at Wheaton College. So he is a technology person. And wow. he helps me out with the technology. Yeah, there you go. Everybody needs a technology person. Yeah. Um, so we met uh, in Kentucky. Um, I was uh, I had graduated from Campbellsville College and went to seminary there um, in Louisville. And it's a Southern Baptist Theological Seminary. I got my Master of Divinity in church music there. I met my husband there. Um, we got married there, uh, <laughs> had our three yeah. kids, um, and he also graduated from the seminary uh, a year or two before I did. I took the long route and was like five years mm. to get it done. But you made it. But made I made it. it through. Yeah. Yes. Now we're in Illinois. We have, um, my husband and I have been married for 32 years. Wow. It'll be 33 in August. Um, and we have three young adults. Our oldest is Vicki, and she's 29. Um, then our second daughter is Christina, and she's 26 years old. And then Ben is 23 years old. And he was diagnosed with autism when he was three years old. Wow. So he's, you've been on this journey for 20 years 20 now years. As, a, as a special needs mom. Yeah. And so think about back to those early days. You said little three-year-old guy. What were some of the things that you started noticing? What were some of the things that made you go, okay, something's a little different here. Yeah. You already had other children, so you kind of had things to compare. But I know a lot of doctors say, yeah, but it's a boy versus a girl, yeah. you know, all the all those things. And so yeah. what was that journey like for you getting to that place of a diagnosis? So we had two years in Kentucky with Ben uh, before we came up here. And so um, while we were there, we had no close family nearby. My family's from Ohio. My husband's family is from Colorado. So our family was our church family. Mm. And so we would ask them questions (laughs) if something came up. Um, And so we noticed that our son had delayed speech and we thought, okay, 
our girls spoke a lot sooner than right. this. And so we would ask people about that and they'd say, oh, no, no, it's okay because the girls are there. They're talkers. They can talk mm. for him and he'll just pick it up later on. That's all. No worries. And we're like, okay, well, then we, we thought there was something wrong with his hearing because we would say his name and he would not react. Mm. And so we thought, well, I'm not sure about this either. So let's just try an experiment. So we did a clap right Mm -hmm. behind him as loud as we could with our hands. And he turned around and looked. Mm. No, we're going, okay, but we say your name and you don't look. And now we're doing this and you can, that's a good thing though, because we know now that you can hear Mm-hmm. Um, but we don't know why you're not answering the other times or responding. So that was two things. And then um, he also, when he got a little bit older and was making sounds, he would echo, mm. um, just repeat the same right. phrase, short little bits or longer when he got older, longer phrases he would repeat. And it was like, okay, I'm not sure why you're doing that. Mm -hmm. Um, His sisters noticed when he was younger that he would stim, which for those who don't know, it's his was uh, moving his fingers quickly back and forth Mm -hmm. near his shoulders. He just moves them really quick. Um, And my, when I'm, my second daughter asked, she said, so why is he doing that? Why, what is that? And I said, I don't know what it is. Mm-hmm. But I know that he doesn't when he's excited. Mm-hmm. And I didn't know what was causing it. So he, um, that was one of the things that set us off and we weren't sure what it was. And we yeah. just went on with life because nobody else seemed to know what it was either. And no one came to us and said, this is what it is. So yeah. And 20 years ago, it no was internet. Pretty, yeah, exactly. No <laughs> internet. Exactly. And And there weren't that many children, right. it was not as common as it is now. Or right. wasn't as well known and written about and all right. the things. And so it, it would, it was hard to know Definitely. in those early days. Definitely. Yeah. So how did you, when you finally did get that diagnosis, how did you respond to that when you got that news? You finally kind of, you know, you've been searching and you finally get that answer. Was it relief or was it, oh my goodness, what are we going to do? How did you kind of respond? Do you you remember? Yeah, kind of. um, What does this mean for the future? Mm -hmm. How is this going to affect the future? Um, We're not sure what level he will be at, you know, um, what his capabilities will be. Um, We wondered, um, we actually were part of a study. Um, Our doctor sent us to a group in the University of Chicago, and they were trying to pick up data about um, families who had somebody with autism. And so we had to fill out a bunch of paperwork, and they actually did an interview with our son without us being there. It seems like it was for an hour or two um, because we had to go somewhere else and wait. Um, but they uh, did an interview on that, and they gave us the information. And that's how we knew to take him to school and say, he has autism. They have mm. diagnosed him with autism. Yeah. They told us it would be mild autism, but they asked us, has he been violent? Has he been angry or hit anyone? And we said no. And so it's in my mind now. Okay, right. is he going to do that? Right. <laughs> is this right. coming down the line? So mm-hmm. lots of unanswered questions yeah. um, just popping up. Well, and so how has the autism 
impacted his daily life growing up. And I'm sure, you know, with all our kids, it grows and changes and, and, and yeah. changes as they get older. So what, what does that look like for him and how does it impact his daily life today? Yeah. When he was younger, he was a runner. So mm-hmm. he would elope and mm-hmm. from school, um, he would run out of the building um, he would, one of the teachers told us one time that he got really close to a busy road, wow, um, that he got out that quickly. Um, mm-hmm. So that was part of what he, he dealt with when he was little. Um, he also, thunderstorms always really bothered him. So we never went to fireworks, mm-hmm. never. Yeah. It was yeah. like, this is too loud for him. Mm-hmm. He doesn't know how to handle it. Um, and so we would stay home for fireworks and our girls would go, but I want to go see them. Mm -hmm. Well, they ended up going with their friends or something like that. But if there was anything that was unexpected and loud, it it just frightened him. And so the bathroom became his best friend because our bathroom didn't have any windows Mm -hmm. and it had a fan in it to block the sound. So he would, that would be his go-to place and he would run to that place. Still now, yeah. if it's a really bad storm, he will go mm-hmm. to the bathroom and wait, wait it out until wait it's it calmed down. Yeah. So I, he's 23. So he's yeah. out of school at this point. Definitely. So what does he do uh, now that he's out of school? Yeah. Um, he went through a transition program and they had a uh, working cafe in the program and taught him some skills So um, they actually taught him about interviewing for jobs. Mm. And so that was really nice to be able to have that opportunity to learn those skills of how do you interview? Because that's not something that comes easy. Right. Um, And so um, his first interview for a job, they said, that was a great interview. Oh, wow. (laughs) Um, And they're like, we'll offer you the job. And the person who was getting the job for him was the job coach and it was at a gaming place and we didn't feel comfortable with him um, because he he can fixate on something and then want to mm. keep doing it. So if yeah. he got started yeah. with the gaming, mm-hmm. <laughs> we thought that might not be a good fit for yeah. him. Yeah. Um, so oh, we, we said, if there's any way you can find something that's closer to us and maybe in a retail store or something like that, um, that might be better. So he is working at Goodwill now. Yeah. Um, and he works three days a week, four hours each day. Um, we take him there. Um, my husband and I trade off. He takes him and then I bring him home and um, he's learning how to drive. Wow. So he has a driver's permit and we've been trying to teach him. My husband is the main head person who's teaching him because I just don't think quick enough. (laughs) It's like something's happening and it's somebody else doing it. I just don't think quick enough. (laughs) So I'm like, you can do it, honey. You're in charge. We'll pass that job on to you. Yeah. (laughs) Now, is that one of those things you thought early on, like he probably wouldn't be able to do? And then that was a surprise to you to see. Okay, actually, he can do that. Definitely. Um, it was kind of interesting because when he was little, he liked to play the Mario Kart games right, on the Wii. Right. And he'd have the little hand, the little steering wheel uh-huh. that goes with it. So he could do that. And he actually won a prize at an amusement park. Mm. They had video games at the amusement park. And it was like a contest. And whoever could get through the thing the fastest got a prize. Oh, so man. he got a, a new game that wasn't even out on the market yet. 
and it was like a Mario Kart yeah. one, of course. So um, that was pretty exciting. So I'm like, well, maybe he's got the skill. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's driving this little car around, um, thinking quick and on his toes and stuff. But he never even asked to want to drive. Yeah. It's like he's got mom and dad. He's got his sisters even mm-hmm. who would take him places. So yeah. that wasn't really a necessity. But when his sister yeah. started moving out, he's mm-hmm. like, oh, maybe I'm going to need this. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Well, what was the sibling dynamic like growing up? You know, you had two older girls yeah, and um, then their brother with autism. What did that look like growing up and how did you navigate some of those challenges that come up yeah. with siblings anyway? But when, <laughs> when you add in the additional needs, yeah. what did that look like? Yeah. So the oldest was the mom, mommy mm-hmm. hen, like she's going to mother hen her, him and take care of and watch over him. The second sister was um, the one who wanted to do things with him, understood him. They It's like they had this secret language that they knew what each uh, other, yeah. uh, you know, it's like, oh, he likes this mom or <laughs> mm. you didn't know that he likes yeah. this. And he, you know, <laughs> she knew That's about him and he knew yeah. about her. So they had a really yeah. close relationship together. Um, but Vicky was always, if he wanted to go somewhere, she was the first to drive. So mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> she was going to help him out that way and stuff like that. Um, when they were growing up, he didn't have friends per se. He had mm-hmm. a couple that came over. He had a couple birthday parties in his whole life because we just didn't have the friends or the family right. around. But his sister's always had their girlfriends and they always Mm. had a group of girls. So whenever they had a party, he was there and they knew that he's their brother. Yeah. Um, And so one of my daughters, my oldest daughter's best friends has a sister with autism. So I said, before they were even born, I was mm-hmm. like, God, I want them to have lifelong friends. Yeah. And they do. They have the um, oldest daughter's best friend. Um, she had her met her in third grade and they're mm-hmm. still best friends. She's pregnant and getting ready to have her first baby, this wow. friend. And they're keeping in contact. And she lives in New York and my daughter lives here in this area. And they just keep in contact. So lifelong friends. My other daughter has a friend who's in Japan right now, but lifelong friends. They've known each other since she's been like fourth grade. Yeah. Um, So it's just been really cool to see how God's answered that prayer. Mm And my my son has a friend who in elementary school was in his class with him. And he would come over to our house. I think he liked the food. How funny. (laughs) Come and sit on the couch. First things first. Yeah. Priorities. Yeah. He'd come over and sit down and Ben might play a game on the TV with them. Mm -hmm. But Ben would always say, isn't it time for him to go? How funny. (laughs) Time is up. He's like sitting right there. (laughs) You're saying this, but yeah. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Wow. Well, you know, I know your journey as a mom raising a son with autism, it's impacted your life as well in that you now, um, you work as a um, paraprofessional in your local school district. Yes. And so, you know, I was thinking about that when I was looking at your information and thinking about how cool that is. I always love it when our parents are then serving other friends with special needs, other parents. And so 
How has your journey with autism impacted now the children and the parents that you're working with on the school system level as they are early on, probably, I don't know what grade level you're at. What yeah. what grade are you elementary or? I'm elementary. Yeah. Elementary. So they're just starting out on this journey. And yeah. so how has your life as a mom who's been, you know, your life has been impacted by this. How has that played out for you in your role in the school system? Um, I, I think I've actually told the kids, I'm not giving up on you. Mm. Um, I am there for you. And this year has been a really hard one for me because I wasn't staying in one classroom. I was moving to multiple different classrooms. We have three special, we had four special ed classrooms in our school this year. So I went to all four of them this year (laughs) and I ended up in one. Um, But when I see these kids in the classroom that I started off with, I'll see them in the hallway. I still say hi to them and they'll say hi. Hey, Mrs. R. Mm. <laughs> and they'll yell at me down the yeah. hallway and wave to me. And it's like, uh, yeah, I'm not giving up on you. I know who yeah. you are and I'll, you know, I'll greet them and I'll say, you know, you're looking good today. I love your hairdo. One of the girls really loves braids. Mm-hmm. Um, and um when holidays come and stuff, I'll I'll have a little package for each of them so that they have something and then they know that I'm still remembering them mm-hmm. um, just to give them that support. There are other people besides mom and dad or mom yeah. that are there to care for them and, and want to see them do well. Mm-hmm. And so what do you hope to share with them through your experiences? I don't know how much interaction maybe <clears throat> you have with parents, yeah. but... Um, you know, we, even when you're looking at the students, what is it that you hope to share with them through your experience and your story? I just want them to know that we don't have to limit our kids, mm. that that's kind of what I felt when when Ben was younger. It's like, oh, he, he can't do this. Oh, he can't do that because of this title that he has now. Mm-hmm. Um, but God doesn't see that. Right, <laughs> you know, right. God's got that plan for him. God's the one who gave him this. He's formed him in my womb mm-hmm. um, and he's got a plan for him and he's got special things that he can do that we can't do. Yeah. Um, and that's true for everybody. And I don't think uh, we need to limit anybody uh, because of a title that has been given mm-hmm. to them as a characteristic that they have. Yeah. Yeah. I often say uh, all my son's long list of diagnoses, they describe him. They they do. They describe him, but they totally do not define who he is. And I think you would say the same thing about your son and the the children that you work with. Um, Those, yes, those are part of who they are, but it does not define how God sees them. And that's the important piece. I've got one boy who's nonverbal in our class this year, and he does Legos and magnetic tiles and builds things. And I, I one day I saw this really cool pattern that he made with the blocks. And I said, you know what? You could be an architect when you grow up because you've got this pattern. Mm-hmm. You're seeing how to build things and put yeah. things together. And you know what? Don't live in him. He could do yeah. it. It's, I mean, just because he can't, talk right now doesn't mm-hmm. mean he's not ever going to. I have a friend yeah. who had a daughter who, who was considered nonverbal. She is learning words now. Wow. So you just I mean, never know. You just don't know. 
Well, that's also, your journey has also then impacted your life in other ways in that you do a lot of work with parents and you also lead a small group for adults with special needs. So tell us a little bit about the group of adults with special needs for the small group that you lead. Yeah, this is, it was just amazing how it started. (laughs) It was a year ago. I had a young lady who came up to me and she had special needs and she's like, do you have a young adult group? And I said, Mm. oh, no, I don't. She's like, we should have a young adult group. (laughs) Yeah. I was like, you know what? You see a need (laughs) and you're going to be part of that group. So Uh there you go. Let's get it going. So I looked into it. I looked into what kind of curriculum we need and um, tried to figure out where would we have it and when would we have it and how would it work and try to get the okay from the church saying we want to try to have this here and and work with the kids. At one point, we had five people that were a part of the group, but it's kind of dwindled down. We've uh, The lady who actually helped me start it has going to a different church now, um, but we have different people coming in and people going mm-hmm. out. And so yeah. it's, it's just God working yeah. how he wants to work. <laughs> you know, and I always love it when it's always so sweet, like when we do an event with Rising Above mm-hmm. and you see our friends with special needs come together and how kind and compassionate Mm. they are with each other. And so what is it about the group that you just love the most when you see them? I always love seeing them just encouraging. It's like they're they're each other's biggest cheerleaders. So sweet. Um, What is it that you love when you see this group? Um. It's ended up being ladies group, and we mm-hmm. actually have a young lady who is homebound at this point in time. She um, hasn't always been homebound, but just at this time in her life, she is homebound. Um, and so we Zoom with her. Mm-hmm. So I've got a Zoom going on one end of the table, and I've got abilities ministry slides on the other side of the table. Uh-huh. Yeah. Look here and look there, and we want to talk to her. <laughs> Um, and sometimes she is just in so much pain that mm. she has a device that she presses out the words to answer the question. She yeah. still wants to be involved and yeah. she wants us to know what she's thinking. So she presses out the letters on her device and presses the play button. And it's able to tell us what her answer to the question was for that lesson. Yeah. So it's just amazing to see her and her wanting to be there and be a part mm. of it. And then the other lady who's there who knows her, she's like, you're my best friend. I love Um, you. And she says that every time, multiple times during the class so that she knows and she's reminded she's not there alone in her home. Mm -hmm. Her parents are there taking care of her, but she has other people who also care for her. Yeah. And even through her pain, she wants to be there. Yes. So important. To yeah. her, you know, it's just, it was just sitting here thinking as, rapid, as you're saying that she knows the value of community. You know, she knows the value <laughs> yes. of being with Definitely. other people, how important yeah. that is. Yes. And so you you also provide community yes. for moms mm. who are like us, moms yeah. who are raising children with special needs. In fact, you lead a group of moms. Yeah. Uh, how often do you all meet? So we try to meet four times a week. We do two Sundays and two Saturdays. And that's just happened because of COVID. Um, We, during COVID, we actually did Zoom meetings instead of, we actually started off doing 
what did we call it on the phone conference call there you go conference call that's what it's called so we tried to that and that was really hard yeah, <laughs> yeah it's easier when you can see somebody for Definitely. sure Definitely. so yeah. then we swapped off for zoom and we're like yes this is much better um we have five ladies plus me we have six all together and we actually haven't all been there the same amount of time so i started the group in 2012 um, and it's been going ever since it's 10 years old, but we wow, have people that great. are coming and going. So like some people were there right at the beginning and they moved on to a different church or uh-huh. uh, doing different things. So um, just coming and going. But we've had one lady who's been there since the beginning. Well, no, two ladies besides myself who've been there since the beginning. And then we have um two ladies that came close to the same amount of time and they have two daughters that get along really well together. They're Mm -hmm. about the same age. And then we have another lady who came probably a year, maybe four years after these two ladies came. Um, She has three kids by herself, um, three teenagers. So she, she was like, I'm I came from a different church and I'm coming to this one and I didn't know, you know, if there's something for me, any support for me. And we just, you know, loved on her and I still love on her and try to keep up with her. I, yeah. you know, friends on her with Facebook and like her kids are going to prom and stuff and uh, commenting on, on Facebook stuff and um, like her son getting a job. He has autism um, just different things that yeah, she's going through, keeping yeah. up and uh, calling and texting during the week and letting them, letting all the ladies know that yeah. they're cared for, that um, we know that there are difficult times. Mm-hmm. Um, one of our ladies is the mom of the girl who is homebound. Mm-hmm. And so yeah. um, we've gone over to her house and spent a couple hours, two or three yeah. hours with her just talking, you know, <laughs> you just don't get much time to talk That's to right. people when you're That's there right. by yourself. So um, we just make make the time and have lunch with her and just talked with her for a few hours and said, you know what, you are important to us mm-hmm. and we want to spend this time with yeah. you. I love that because I think so often our families who are homebound, or who have children, you know, with high medical needs. Yeah. Uh, it's so easy to forget and overlook. It's, yeah. We all get busy with our own life. And I can only imagine how that made that mom feel to know that she was seen and not forgotten. So yeah. I think, you know, even for all of us, maybe if you're not with a group of moms, just if God points out a mom to you that may be in that boat. Yes. To, I mean, how hard is it to pick up a cup of coffee and drop it off? Even if you, can, yeah. if you can't go in to be, or to drop off a meal. It's just it, that one yeah. simple thing is so life-giving. And so for you, you know, you've had this group for 10 years, you've been a special needs mom for 20 years. How have you seen community and friendship help you on your journey as you've raised your son with special needs? I have to tell you that because of community, I'm actually able to do these other things because mm-hmm. before community, I was stuck in depression about this is my fault. Yeah. And I just wallowed in that for Mm -hmm. a long time, several years. And it was really hard for me um, thinking that that I could do anything else. I Mm -hmm. was like, um, 
I, I really was just overwhelmed. And it's, I just felt like everybody who talked about my son thought it was my fault that yeah. my son has this mm. condition. And yeah. so it wasn't until I was started thinking about the ministry to special needs people. And one of the ladies in the group had has a daughter with Down syndrome. And she um, had been on this life of disability for longer than I had. And mm-hmm. she came alongside me. And in our the meetings that we had, she helped me realize, you know what? God's got a plan. He's the one who brought this about. There's nothing wrong with your child that he has a purpose for every person. And people need to stop thinking negatively about people who are different than themselves. Right, right. I mean, think of the determination that some people have when they have mm-hmm. a disability that other people don't have. Right. Um, you can live your life and go, oh, I'm going to go to work. Oh, I'm going to come home. Oh, I'm going to go to work. Oh, I'm going to go home. Oh, that's nice that you can do that without any help from anybody else. But mm-hmm. this person has to, because they have right. a disability, has to work to be right. able to work. Right. Um, right. So it's yeah. just really turned turn my whole point of view around that mm-hmm. um, God can use me. Yes. <laughs> and God yeah. can use anybody. That's right. That he deems, mm-hmm. you know, that he wants that yeah. um, just to share his love. Yeah. He's given each one of us a plan and a purpose. Yep. To fulfill, even our children who are nonverbal or yep. who, you know, are on the spectrum, whatever, every single person has a plan and purpose to fulfill. People who are nonverbal can still communicate. Absolutely. <laughs> My son is very verbal, just non speaking. Yeah. So, the, yeah. The girl that I was telling you about who is nonverbal, mm. she worships like nobody oh, else yeah. worships. Yeah. Hands raised. Yeah. She is mm-hmm. squeaking out some sounds there yeah. of joy for God. Absolutely. And it just warms my heart to see her Absolutely. worship. Absolutely. Well, Patty, this is a year of restoration at Rising yes. Above. And so we're asking all of our guests, you know, like, what are you doing personally right now that is bringing restoration into your life? Yeah. So I've got three things. <laughs> Great. The first one is that um, I try to start my day thinking about God and his goodness, mm. praising yeah. him and reading through Psalms, mm-hmm. um, listening to music that praises him. Um, I'm very much into music and um, just love to hear what people have made to praise God. Um, and then just um, seeing how important it is to start my day realizing God's got this. He's in control. He created right. the day. Right. Uh, get the focus right. It's not about me. It's not about my list. It's not about what's going to happen or what I think might happen. It's about God and where what he wants me to do with this day. Mm-hmm. So let's yeah. get that first in first place. And then the second thing is during the day, thinking about things that bring joy. Mm-hmm. Um, I've went to a Johnny and friends camp and one of the themes for the year was um, the joy of the Lord is your strength. And when you think about it, it's saying you don't have any strength if you don't have joy. Mm, The joy of the Lord is your strength. Mm. So we've got to have joy. And if I'm here depressed thinking I can't do anything, there's no joy. Oh, look what Satan did. Shame on him. Mm -hmm. Not going to do that anymore. I have to go, 
where's that joy? God brings joy into our lives every single day if we're paying attention to it. Mm-hmm. Sunrises and sunsets, beautiful. I love them. Yeah. Seeing animals going around in my yard, mm-hmm. back and forth, yep. birds flying down. Mm-hmm. Um, we have a hummingbird feeder by our back door. So when we're eating dinner, we can see the hummingbird come and feed. So just really exciting things. Um, just It doesn't have to be hard. Right. It had, you know, it's just recognizing that God's with us. I have favorite numbers, and sometimes my favorite number will show up on the clock. And I go, oh, God, yeah, I saw that. You just showed it to me. Thanks. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, it's for all different personalities of people. You, can, you know what brings you joy and what makes mm-hmm. you smile. Think about those things, and will you be able to do that during the day? Um, And then the last one is confessing at the end of the day, Mm. realizing that we are not perfect and we fail, but you know what? Jesus has forgiven us of our sins and he took our sin upon himself. Mm -hmm. Um, And what a blessing that is. We sin and we have to recognize that we do sin. If we don't, we're going to continue doing it. So we've got to recognize it and say, okay, God, I blew it. <laughs> this is this is me blowing it. I know. Mm-hmm. Um, but I know that you forgive me and I yeah. praise you and thank you for that. Um, and just realizing the importance of that, mm-hmm. that we can't just go on through life and say, oh, I messed up. Oh, well. Right. And just keep going. Yeah. And what a great way to fall asleep at night. Yes. Thinking about. You're giving this to God and saying, yeah, I messed up, but here you go. This is yours, and I know you've forgiven it. Thank you so much. Well, Patty, thank you so much for being on the show and sharing part of your story with us. Thank you for being one of our host sites uh, for By the Brook this year, and uh, it's been a joy to get to meet you. So thank you for sharing part of your story with us today. Thank you for inviting me. Thank you for listening to the Rising Above Ministries podcast. If you like what you hear, please take a minute to leave us a rating and review. This helps others like you find our content more easily. You can learn more about how Rising Above Ministries is encouraging the special needs community by checking out our website at risingaboveministries.org or by finding us on Facebook and Instagram. We look forward to connecting with you.